Thanks, Ben. Well, happy Easter, everyone. I'm sure you all got uh, spoiled this morning with chocolate. Everybody seems quite excited this morning. I'm assuming that's the sugar or maybe... <laughs> just, before I, just before I start, I actually just um, felt like the Lord put something on my heart. Um, someone here who is uh, starting a new job next week or started one last week or there's a new job somewhere in there. Who's that person? Yeah, up the back. Cool. Anyone else? Yeah. New job. New, okay, there's a few. Um, yeah. Severina, this week, do you start? That's exciting. Um, yeah, this, I think this word is for you, but everyone else as well. <laughs> you guys all just, you guys jump in on this. The Lord actually said, he specifically said actually someone who starts next week, but, but he said, I'm going to give you like this gift of, of influence. And, the, and, and so the influence goes far beyond what your role actually requires, goes far beyond your, your experience, your, you know, your, whatever's required in this role. You, the influence that you're going to have is goes, goes far greater than what you expect. And I, and I actually feel like the Lord's saying, I've, I've strategically put you in this place to actually change the entire environment. And I don't know if everyone knows, by the way, where Serene's going. <laughs> you're, you're in Talawang as a chaplain. That's awesome. Those others who raise the hand, this, the, the, the words for you to influence. God is going to give you influence far beyond what, what the role re- requires. Um, so that's, that's awesome. Why don't we turn this morning to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, it's, the, it's uh, John's account of the resurrection of Jesus. While you're turning there, I actually heard this, this, this story. I uh, thought it was appropriate to share with us this morning. It's a, it's a, it's a good story. There was a man and, and a wife and his wife who, he really wanted to go over to, to Jerusalem and he wanted to go and see, you know, see all the sights. Um, and so he, he'd organized this, this trip to go overseas um, but, uh, but they couldn't go because the mother-in-law was a bit unwell. She was a bit sick and, and they couldn't sort of leave her back, back here by herself. And so the man was like, all right, we'll, uh, we'll, just, we'll, we'll pay for her to come as well, come over to, uh, to Israel and, and over to Jerusalem and see the sights and that. And so, um, and so off they go. And while they're over there, the mother-in-law actually dies. And... <laughs> And the undertaker comes to, to the man and says, look, you've got two options. Um, you can have her buried here in the Holy Land. You can have her buried here uh, for $500. And, you know, you can, you can come over anytime you want, come and visit. Um, you know, you can come and see. And you, while, while you're here, you can have a holiday, you know, check out the places. Or the other option is we can send her back on the plane, back with you, and that'll cost $5,000. So the man thought about it for a second, and he said, no, um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just send her back home. We'll pay the $5,000. And the undertaker looks at him and goes, really? Why would you do that? And the man said, well, 2,000 years ago, a man once died here. He was buried here, and then three days later, he rose from the dead. 
And I'm not going to take that same chance. <laughs> so. No, we, we, we love our mother-in-laws. <laughs> My mother-in-law is here this morning. Um, so this morning, I actually, um, I'm not going to talk about the, the resurrection of Jesus in the traditional way that we would talk about it at Easter time. I actually feel like the Lord's actually put something else on my heart to share, um, specifically around this idea of change. And, and I guess more specifically, preparing for change. Um, as, you know, as we know that at, at the moment in our church, we've sort of had this, this transition. We're in this sort of season of transition. We've got new, new senior pastors um, if you're here for the first time this morning and you're wondering what happened to the old senior pastors, they're, they're here still, you can... Oh, they're not. <laughs> That's probably the first time in like six years they're not here. <laughs> they are still here <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> they're on holiday. But, but you know, we're, we're in this season of change. Uh, we're in this season of transition. And so I, f- I feel like the Lord wants to, wants to speak this morning about how we prepare for change. And, you know, the, the change that I'm referring to is not like, you know, Ben, ben made some comments last week about we're going to, maybe we'll like rearrange the chairs, you know. <laughs> the change I'm talking about is not like a new paint scheme on the building. It's not like we'll, we'll change the, the, the logo or something. The change I'm talking about is not like a, a new strategy for how we, you know, get people connected or something like that. All, all those things are great. No, nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But those things don't require us to be prepared. Or I, I hope they don't. I hope we don't need to prepare to move the chairs. <laughs> right, those things, they don't require us to, to, to prepare. The change I'm talking about shouldn't actually come as any surprise to people who have been in this church for a little while. Because it's been prophesied again and again for the last, like, 40 years. The change that's coming is is the impact that this church, that's every single one of you, the impact that we're going to have in this community. That's the change. I believe the change that's coming is, is where the supernatural is going to become so normal for us. The supernatural is going to become normal, common. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, people being set free, just saved, delivered instantly on the spot, all that stuff is what's coming. That's the change that's coming. You know, I, I believe people will, will literally queue up outside the door. People with cancer will queue up outside the door before we get here, before a service, because they know that there is a God in this place who can change their circumstance. That's the change that's coming. People are going to be in this place. That the presence of God is going to be so overwhelming. We're just going to stay in here all day. You're not going to make plans on a Sunday afternoon anymore. <laughs> People are going to call you up and be like, hey, you want, you want to come out for lunch Sunday afternoon? I'm going to be at church at nine. God will be there, and I can't make plans after that because I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> this is what's coming. And, you know, it's not just, it's not just here in, it, within these walls. It's out there too. It's out there in our community. Every single it's, it's, writ, it's written on our wall. It's our vision statement to transform our community through the love and power of Jesus. It's going to happen out there too. I actually had this dream, it was probably like a year ago, and um, in this dream I was actually there with, with a few of you guys, and we were in the Caboolture Hospital, and I remember, I, I recognised the hospital, I'm, I'm on one of the wards in the Caboolture Hospital, 
and I'm walking down the ward and I'm checking all the rooms. You know, there's like rooms on each side of the wall with, with the beds in them. And I'm walking through and I'm checking to make sure there's no one in them. Because we had actually just gone into the hospital and prayed for every person on this ward to be healed. And they were all healed to the point where they got up and just left. The whole, the whole ward is now empty. And Shane is clapping because he's a nurse. And the nurses, were in this, the nurses were in this dream, by the way. And you know what? They weren't, they weren't even like shocked, surprised or anything. The whole ward had just been cleared out. And they go and they begin to prepare the beds for the next people. This is, this is the change that's coming. I, I, I just imagine, Ben, one day you're going to get a call from like the director of the hospital or something. And they're like, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've, 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 the hospital's full. We've got no beds left. Uh, we've got a whole lot of people waiting to be admitted. There's like ambulances sitting in the car park with people waiting to be admitted. Can you, can you help us out? And he's, yeah, yeah, no worries. We'll, we'll send some people down. And off we go. Clear out a ward. And in, in come the next lot of people. Oh, just, that gets me so excited. That gets me so excited. I don't know. If, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know. Maybe this isn't the church for you. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> uh, so, change. Change is coming. Uh, and, and this morning, I want, to, I want to talk about preparing for that change. So, obviously, that, you know, what, what I was just talking about, that's, that's what God's calling us to. And obviously, you know, we're, we're not there yet. We need to prepare. So I want to look at John chapter 20, and I'm going to do a little bit of reading this morning, um, and I'll probably sort of jump around a bit, just try and follow along as best you can. Uh, we'll start verse 1. Very early Sunday morning before sunrise, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. And when she arrived, she discovered the stone that sealed the entrance to the tomb was moved away. So she went running as fast as she could to tell Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. She told them, they've taken the Lord's body from the tomb and we don't know where he is. Then Peter and the other disciple jumped up and ran to the tomb to go see for themselves. They started out together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He didn't enter the tomb but peeked in and saw only the linen cloths lying there. Then Peter came behind him and went right into the tomb. He too noticed the linen cloths lying there, but the burial cloth that had been on Jesus' head had been rolled up and placed separate from the other cloths. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first went in, and after one look, he believed. For until then he hadn't understood the scriptures that prophesied that he was destined to rise from the dead. Puzzled, Peter and the other disciple then left and went back to their homes. Let's just jump over to verse 19. That evening the other disciples gathered, sorry, that, that evening the disciples gathered together, and because they were afraid of reprisals from the Jewish leaders, they had locked the doors to the place where they met. But suddenly Jesus appeared among them and said, Peace to you. Then he showed them the wounds of his hands and his side, and they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus then repeated his greeting, Peace to you, and he told them, Just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. 
Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins, and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of sins, they will remain guilty. Just jump back to, to verse 3. You know, we're, we're, we're told here that's really early Sunday morning. Um, it's still dark. The sun's not up yet. And Mary goes off to visit the tomb. And she notices something, something's wrong, that the stone's rolled away. And so she goes running, running to see Peter and John. And she tells them, something's wrong. Jesus isn't there. Verse 3, this is their reaction. This is what Peter and John did in that, in that instant. Then Peter and the other disciple jumped up and ran to the tomb. Jumped up and ran. My first point this morning I want to make is we need to run to Jesus. We need to run to Jesus. Let me explain what, what I mean. You know, looking at this verse, it's, it's reasonable for us to think that by the time Mary reaches Peter and John, it's still really early Sunday morning. In fact, it's possible that it's actually still dark. Okay, she, she runs from the tomb to their house. It's probably still dark. It's really early in the Sunday morning. She's knocking on the door like, you know, wake up, get up, something's happening. And the response from Peter and John is not, Mary, go away, it's, you know, it's too early in the morning. <laughs> Mary, you know, just, just calm down, let me have a coffee first, have some breakfast, you know, we'll, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Their response is not, oh, I've got some stuff on today, um, you know, I've, I've got to go see the other disciples, we've got a meeting later on, we'll, you know, I can, I can probably go have a look. Mary, I can probably go have a look maybe later on this afternoon. Let me check my schedule. Let me pray about it. Their response immediately is to jump up and run. Jump up and run to the tomb. And, you know, we, I feel like we, we really can't let what's convenient or what's comfortable hinder us in our pursuit of Jesus. We can't let convenience and comfort Stop us from pursuing Jesus. You know, I don't, we, the, the value that we place, the value we place on seeking Jesus has to go beyond convenience and comfort. I don't ever want to have a relationship with Jesus that only exists inside the confines of convenience for me. I, I do not want that. My relationship with Jesus, my, my pursuing him, my seeking after him has to involve me going outside what's convenient and what's comfortable. We see them, you know, it's, it's, it's early in the morning. They're probably still in bed. They don't wait. They don't have a coffee. They don't do anything else. They jump up and run. Jump up and run. In this next season of, of us pursuing what God has for us, with the supernatural becoming normal, we need to have this, uh, it's almost like an attitude it's almost like a, I don't know if it's the right word, like a, a posture of our heart where nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I'm so in love with him. I am so drawn to him that nothing else matters. I'm, I'm convenience and comfort. I don't care. I'm going after Jesus. That has to be the way that we, that we go in this next season. So we see, we see Peter and John. They run to the tomb. Verse 8 says this, Then the other disciple 
That's, uh, that's John. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first went in. And after one look, after one look, he believed. What did he believe? He, he now believes the, the prophecies about Jesus being raised from the dead. So he walks in the tomb. He's standing there. He sees the cloths. And it's one look, and he now believes Jesus is alive. The very next thing, verse 10, says this. Puzzled, Peter and John then leave and go back home. And, you know, to, to me, this is, this, this is great news for me because I often am puzzled about what God's doing. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but sometimes you're like, I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Can't explain that. And so my next point this morning, as we, as we pursue the, the, what God's called us in, into the supernatural becoming normal, is that faith doesn't require understanding. Faith does not require understanding. You know, we see here that uh, John, he, he's writing this about himself, right? The book of John is written by John. That's why it's called John. John's writing this about himself. He says, he says he walks in, he sees what's going on, and he believes. And then he turns around to go back home, completely puzzled. I've got no idea how to explain what I see. I've got no idea how to make sense. I don't know why, what, how. I've got no idea how to explain it. My understanding is far too limited. But the important thing is that I know that Jesus is now alive. And that's what matters. Jesus is alive. I've got no idea how to explain it. I am puzzled. <laughs> but I believe. And so I feel like the Lord's calling us in, in, in this next season that we need to be people who, it's like our default position, is we believe. We believe. You know, there's going to come a time when, when we see things and hear things that we have no idea how to explain. In fact, I, I promise you it will, it will happen right here in this place. You're going to see stuff that you just go, I, I, I don't know what that was. No idea how to explain that. God is going to do stuff, amazing things. God is going to do the impossible, the supernatural. We're going to see things that we just have no idea how to explain. And, you know, it's almost like it's okay if after church on a Sunday you walk out of here completely puzzled about what you saw. <laughs> it's okay. But the main thing is that we believe. We're going to, you know, we, when we see God do amazing things, we go, yeah, God, look how awesome he is. That's what he does. I can't explain it. No idea how, what, why, but I believe. Um, the, <laughs> the Lord actually put on, on our heart... Um, to go after miracles with our, our Friday night youth service. And, and I can still remember, I still remember the very first time we ever had a miracle on our Friday night. I still remember it. You know, we've, we've had so many amazing testimonies. Uh, I know I've been up here sharing a few of them with you guys. We've seen incredible things. We've seen people healed, um, you know, physical manifestations and, and uh, people being set free and all this kind of crazy stuff. But I still remember the very first time we ever had a miracle in our Friday night service. Um, and I remember it really well because after the miracle, 
I actually had to repent of my unbelief, <laughs> which, which sort of doesn't usually happen after a miracle. <laughs> but, you know, it, true story. It, ha- it happened right here. I think the seats were a bit different back then. This is pre-COVID. <laughs> right here in the front, we actually had this young guy turn up. Uh, he was on crutches. He, he was a footy player. And, um, and, and it hurt his leg. He couldn't walk on a prop. He was kind of like hobbling. And I remember, you know, we, the, the, the team, or maybe the team, maybe it was just me, got really excited. It was like, yes, someone's here who needs, who needs a miracle. Like someone here who's walking in hobbling, and I'm like, yes, come on. <laughs> someone here who's sick, someone here. And we're all, you know, really excited. Someone's turned up. God's just put on our heart to go after miracles. We've been praying about it. You know, we're getting all excited. There's this, there's this guy here who needs a miracle. And... Um, and so we, you know, we, we, we all get around and we pray for this young guy with his, with his bad leg. We pray there for a little bit. I remember Michael was there. We're praying. And we're like, okay. All right, we've, we, we, we finished and we're like, all right, what's happened? Tell us. Tell us what's going on. What do you feel? What's happening? You know, and it's like the most anticlimactic thing ever. He's like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, nothing really. Uh, maybe it's a little bit better. I can't really tell. <laughs> and we're like, okay, well, I don't know. God just told us to pray for the sick, so we t- let's go again. Again, we just pray. We pray for this young guy again. Michael's there, got his hand on his leg. In Jesus' name, you know, be healed. We finish praying. He gets up. And he's like, oh, hang on. Actually, something's happened. Something's happened. I, you know, it's, and he starts putting pressure on it. And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and he, he starts walking. And this is a true story. He's run, he begins to run up and down the aisle. He's, he, he came in on crutches, and he's running up and down the aisle. He's running around the room. Everybody's cheering and clapping. And it's, I'm, I'm sure I probably shared this story with you guys, but it was just this awesome, this awesome thing. Everybody's so excited. With, you know, God is here doing miracles. It's what he does. And as he's running up and down the aisle, I begin to have these thoughts. Uh, is he, is he really healed? Is he? I think he might just be pretending. You know, he's just sort of putting it on so that we all, you know, clap and cheer. Or, you know, maybe maybe he he's actually running around, but he's actually really in pain, and it's like he's just pretending that he's healed. And I start to get these thoughts, like uh, I start to be suspicious, and I start to have this doubt and unbelief. Right after, right after, God just does a miracle. God does this amazing thing. He told us this is what he's going to do. We prayed about it. We so excited. We, we did what he told us. He then does it, and my response is, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this. I'm, seriously, I'm, I'm standing here going, everyone's clapping and cheering, and I'm standing here going, um, I don't really want to tell anyone about this because I think he might just be making it up. You know, I don't I don't want to come on Sunday and share the story that isn't actually true. I think he's just making it up. And, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for the, for the grace of God who, you know, kind of like shook me and was like, cut it out, don't be stupid. <laughs> this, is the, this is what I do. So, you know, I feel like God is calling us in, the, in this next season. We need to be people, our, our default, our 
our response, our reaction to what's going on is that we believe. We cannot be, we cannot be a people who, who let suspicion or unbelief or doubt come in when we see God do amazing things. The other thing we also don't want is we don't ever want to let our, our understanding of a circumstance determine our level of faith. We don't want to let our ability to make sense of a situation, we don't want to let our, our ability to understand what's going on determine our faith. You know, I don't ever want to be in the place where I don't ever want to be in the place where my ability to make sense of a situation determines how much faith I have in Jesus to turn that situation around. I want my faith to exceed my level of understanding. In this next season, our faith has to, has to exceed our understanding. It's got to go far beyond what we can, what we can make sense of a situation. It's not easy, by the way. <laughs> you know, a few, a few months ago, I'm sure a lot of you are aware that my mum passed away from cancer. And I know that as a church, I know that, you know, you guys were all praying. We were all praying for breakthrough. We wanted to see a miracle. And, you know, I did, I did everything that I, everything I could. I, you know, I prayed. I, I prophesied over her. I declared the word of God over her. I commanded and, and bind and loosed and, you know, every other, every other thing you can think of, all that stuff. I did everything that I, that I knew how to do and we didn't see the breakthrough. And I got no, I have, I got no idea how to understand that. I cannot explain it. It doesn't make sense to me. Just like, just like Peter and John leaving the tomb, I'm, I'm puzzled about the whole situation. I can't make sense of it. But let me tell you one thing. I am more, more convinced today than I ever have been in my entire life that Jesus heals cancer. I've never been, never been more sure than today. Jesus heals cancer. I'm not going to let I'm not going to let my understanding of a situation determine my level of faith. God is calling us in this next in this next season as we as we pursue the supernatural to not let our understanding determine our level of faith. We jump over to verse 19. We see, uh, we see Jesus. We see Jesus here uh, appearing in front of the disciples. Um, John actually makes special mention of the fact that they're in this place and they're actually got the doors locked. He mentions that they're, you know, that 
they lock the doors because they're afraid. And then Jesus turns up in the room. And you, you might notice that he didn't knock on the door. <laughs> he didn't wait for them to let him in. He just appeared. You know, in, in this next season, Jesus is going to appear in ways that we've never seen before. He's going to appear in ways that we're not used to. He's going to appear in ways that we're not familiar with, we're not expecting. And, you know, we, we, actually, see, we actually see in this in this part here, that the disciples didn't even recognize him. He, he turns up, he just appears inside their locked room and says, hello everyone. And it wasn't then until he showed them his wounds and his hands and his side, and they're like, oh yes, it's Jesus. You know, fear will do that. Fear will, fear will stop you from recognizing Jesus. He's going to turn up in ways we haven't seen We're not expecting. We don't want to let fear stop us from recognizing Jesus. He then goes on to say, uh, verse verse 21, Jesus repeats his greeting. He says, peace to you. And then he tells them, just as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Just as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. The last point I want to make this morning is Jesus is sending you. He's sending you. Yeah, you. Each and every one of you. Jesus is sending you. You know, the, 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 resur- the, the death and resurrection of Jesus is the single most important, greatest thing to ever happen. It is, by far, the greatest thing to ever happen. Without, without the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have no access to eternal life in heaven. None at all. Without what Jesus did, there is no, nothing we can do to access eternal life. We cannot do anything of our own. It's only through Jesus. It's the only way. <clears throat> you know, as we, as we share the Easter story, typically we, we kind of miss... We sort of miss this, this part out. We tend to, to share the Easter story like, it's great news, don't get me wrong. We, you know, Jesus dies, he's, he's risen from the dead, and then, then he goes home to be with the Father, and it's like the end. But you know, when, I, when I read this, when I see, these are the words of Jesus. He says, as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. It's like the story's not finished. We're not done yet. It's not the end. Uh, that, that wasn't the end when he left. The story's going. We now have a responsibility. We have now been sent. And I feel like in this, in this next season, God is looking for people who are just going to go, God, I'll, I'll go. Send me. I'll do it. He's looking for people, you know, you don't have to have it all together. You just got to say Yes. You don't, you don't have to be the pastors, the preacher, the worship leader. You just got to say yes. Lord, I'll, I'll go. Send me. It's actually, it's actually our mission statement written on the wall up the back there. I don't know if you've, <clears throat> if you've read this recently. I actually read it this week and I got really excited. <laughs> and it was, almost like a, it was almost like a new revelation that I got out of it. I don't, 
It's like somehow I, didn't, I missed something that I didn't see before, but I read it this week. You know, that just, just with, with the mission statement, by the way, I think sometimes we, we get the idea that this is for overseas missionaries or something like that. It's like it's a mission thing. It means you've got to go overseas. That's not necessarily the case. It says, we exist to make Jesus known to our world through the power of the gospel. We exist to make Jesus known through the power of the gospel. Through the power of the gospel. And therefore, we will not allow passivity, unbelief, religion, or any other barrier hinder us in this pursuit. We will not let anything stand in the way. Nothing will stand in the way of us making Jesus known through the power of the gospel to this world, to our world, to our community. He's looking for people who are just going to say yes. A few weeks ago, there was actually this, this pretty serious accident out the front of our church. Some of you guys who, who live, around, live around here might have actually heard about it. There was an accident. It was right outside the front involving a truck and a cyclist. And, um, and it, was, it was early in the morning. It was about 7 o'clock in the morning, and it was a weekday, and I was actually heading out to, to drop my daughter at daycare about 7 o'clock in the morning. And I pull out of the driveway. We live a couple of houses down. I pull out and, and make a way up here, and I see this man lying on the ground behind the truck. It's a big truck. And there's a, there's, a, there's a whole lot of people sort of standing around. They're, they're all cyclists. They've got their whatever you call that stuff. <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> you know, they're, all, they're, they're there standing around. And there's, this, there's a man lying on the ground. Um, and, you know, you, you drive past a situation like this and you just, you're like, what, what do I do? Like, this is, this is just terrible. And I, and I go and drop Sienna at daycare and I... On my way back, like coming back, this is only about 15 minutes later, I'm coming back, and there are police everywhere. They've, they've got half the street blocked off. They're letting, you know, directing traffic through the street here. There's ambulance. I drive down, and they, they let me through. I can see the man. He's still lying in the exact same position on the road. They've got a blanket over him. The police are there taking photos, and there's this white van you know, blacked out, tinted windows. And I'm, and I'm driving past looking at this situation going, wow, this, this man has just died right outside the front of my house. I pull into the driveway and it's like 10 minutes before I'm supposed to start work. And I'm standing there, it's almost like this, it's almost like time slowed down. <laughs> I'm standing there outside my car going, no, nah, no, nah, I, I, I can't let that happen can't let that happen. I cannot let this man die on the street outside the front of my house. I can't let it happen outside the front of my church. I'm not going I'm, I'm to stand for this. And so I walk up here. It's about a two-minute walk. Police everywhere. It's literally right across the, the road here from the church. And I'm like, this is not today. This man's not dying today. And I begin to stand out the front of our church and I begin to pray for this guy. Speaking life back into him. I'm praying he'd be, he'd be raised from the dead. And you know, if, if, if you know me, when I, when, I start, when I start praying and getting excited, I start to pace, you know. <laughs> Come on. And I'm, I'm out the front here 
pacing backwards and forwards, like, in Jesus' name, you know, I'm prophesying over this guy. The police are all standing there looking at me like, what on earth is this guy doing? (laughs) And I'm like, you know, in Jesus' name, get up. And I look. And he gets up. He gets up. (laughs) A few of his friends and and, and the paramedics help him up. And And I look over and it's like, what? what what just happened? Like, I can't believe it. It worked. <laughs> For this this brief moment, I'm just like so overwhelmed. It's just like this is this is so incredible. And then I realise that no one else around there seems that excited that this man's now back from the dead. And then I realise he wasn't actually dead. <laughs> He, he was actually pretty badly injured, but the point is, you know, the point is this. In this, as we enter this new season, God is looking for people who are just going to say yes. You may turn up to a situation and you may begin to pray for someone you think is dead to be raised back from, to, from, from the death and they're not even dead. That, that may happen, but you know what? God is looking for people who are just going to say yes. I will not let that happen I will not let that happen in my community. I'm not let that happen in my world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to go. Jesus is sending you. And the awesome thing about being sent by Jesus, you know, if, you, if you've ever been, uh, you know, in, in, your, in your job and your boss sends you to go do something that they're supposed to do, like they send you to do something that's kind of like outside of your, your authority. Your boss sends you off, oh, you know, can you go do this for me? I don't have time or something. And then like you go and do it and sometimes people question you and they're like, are you sure you're meant to be doing that? Are you allowed to do that? And what do you say? You say, no, no, it's fine. The boss sent me. The boss sent me. I, I can do this. I'm allowed. The boss sent me. Because... Because the thing is, the important thing for us to know being sent means that we go with the authority of the person sending us. When we're sent by Jesus, we go with the authority of Jesus. Matthew 28 says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That was Jesus. All authority on heaven and earth is given to me. And so now he's sending us. Now it's our turn. We're going with that authority. And so Jesus is looking, the Lord's looking for people in the season who are just going to say, yes, I'm going to go. We need to be, you know, we, we need to be people who understand we've been sent. We need to understand that we're, we have a purpose and a, and a mission. We're not just here going through life Seeing what happens. John 3 tells us, The Son of Man came for this purpose, to destroy the devil's work. Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. The Bible also tells us that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So anywhere where you see death, loss, or destruction, we know that the enemy has had some influence in that area. And now because Jesus is sending us, we have a responsibility. 
We have a responsibility to, to, to go into that situation and turn it around for the glory of Jesus. You know, I've, <laughs> I've, I've stopped believing in coincidences. You know, like you're in the grocery store getting your groceries and suddenly the person in front of you can't pay for their groceries. Like it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence you're standing behind them. <laughs> We've got to... We've got to stop in this, in this new season. We've got to stop thinking things just happen and we just happen to be there by accident. If we look at Jesus and, and, and his ministry, as he, as he goes through towns, all of a sudden there's this situation that he just comes across. Someone needs a miracle. It's almost, you know, call it a coincidence, but the truth is he was led by the Spirit. He was led there. He was meant to be in that spot. He was meant to be there at that time and that place. And it's the same with us. We're going to have to stop believing coincidences. That person in front of you at the grocery store who can't pay, you're there for a reason. When you're, when you're on the train and, and someone gets on in a wheelchair with a broken leg, it's not a coincidence. <laughs> you're there for a reason. So I just really, I, you know, I, I really feel like we need to we just need to know we've, we've been sent. We're on, we're on this mission. Do not let anything get in the way. Not let anything get in the way. How are we doing for time? I haven't. Oh, all right. Maybe if we just get um, keys up, if you want to just come up. Thanks, Stacey. So as we, as we enter into this, this, new, uh, this new season that God's calling us, as we enter into this, this time where we're going we're gonna to pursue the, the supernatural, we're going to see God do amazing things, you know, the, the cry of my heart is that, God, do not let another generation go by without us seeing the fulfillment of these prophecies that this place will have such an impact in this community. Do not let another generation miss out. God, we, we, we're here, God. We, we, we want to see, see this community transformed. Don't let it pass us by. We want to see the fulfillment of these prophecies. The last 40 years where God's been speaking to us saying, I've called you, I've called you, this church, to transform this community. So let's be people who, first of all, we run to Jesus. We run to Jesus. Convenience and comfort, those things will not hinder us in our pursuit of Jesus. Let's be people who, whose understanding of situations does not limit our faith. And let's be people who know we've been sent. Let's be people who know we're on a mission. We're on a, we've got a purpose. We've been sent and we've, we're going with the authority of Jesus. Let's be people who, who look for opportunities to make Jesus known. You know what? Things may just happen to come across your path, but Let's also be people who go and look for it 
I'm going to go and go out and, and look for what the enemy's doing and I'm going to make sure that I can see that situation turn around. Let's be people who know we've been sent. Why don't we all just stand this morning? You know, I wanna I wanna I wanna give some space this morning for God to come and come and minister in this place. I feel like we can't give a message about the resurrection of Jesus and the power of Jesus and not have an opportunity for him to come and do something. <laughs> and I also just want to pray for us as a church as we enter this this next season. I really feel like uh, I really feel like God's put on my heart to pray for us to be bold. For boldness and courage. But just, you know, as, we, as we're here in, in, in his presence as well, I want to just open up the altar. And you know what? It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter about your circumstances. I'm telling you now, if you want to touch from Jesus, if you want to encounter the King of Kings, if you want whatever circumstance, whatever thing you're facing in your life to, to, to have it, to, to see it surrender to Jesus, what I want you to do is I want you to come down the front. No matter what's going in your life, I know we haven't sort of spoken about anything specific about healing or but today if you want to see if you want to see Jesus interfere in your situation, I just want you to come down the, come down the front this morning. I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. you're in this place today. Lord, we thank you that you, you died and rose again and that you have all authority on heaven and on earth and there is nothing you cannot do. There is no circumstance, no situation, nothing you can't turn around, nothing you can't heal, nothing you can't restore. And Jesus, we thank you today for turning around situations. We thank you today for healing, for restoring. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I also pray, I pray, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit on all of us, Lord, that that you would give us a fresh boldness. Come on, why don't we just lift our hands this morning. Let's surrender to him. Lord, I pray for boldness in every person in this room, Lord. Every one of us, Lord, pour it out. A fresh supernatural courage, Lord, a courage in our life beyond anything we've seen or experienced before. Lord, that we would know we've been sent for a purpose. We would know we are going to go with your authority. In Jesus' name, I thank you. I might just ask a, a couple of people can just want to come up and just pray for these guys up the front.
Lord, we thank you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. Lord, come and have your way in this place today. If you need a miracle in your body today, if you need a miracle, I want to invite you down the front. Come down the front. Today's the day. Today's the day where it changes. Come and receive your healing today. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, come and have your way in this place. Come and move in this place this morning. Thank you, Jesus. As we continue praying down the front, Sasha's going to begin to begin to worship. I encourage you just before we finish up this morning, let's spend a little bit longer just in his presence, worshiping the King of Kings today.